It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, the aftermath as we begin here on Monday. JT with you, brought to you by our good friends at Golden Entertainment. They fuel the monologue with PTs, the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7, midnight to 2, half-off drinks. Head on out to PTs and support our proud partner. Uh, This is one of the toughest radio shows I've ever had to do after a regular season game in my career. Uh, 24 years with the team. There's been Raider fans who have been with the team since 1960, who I actually spoke to today. New fans in Vegas, fans from Oakland, fans from Los Angeles, uh, fans that stream us nationally. And we really appreciate that on the Raiders mobile app and fans who actually stream us globally who listen to the flagship of the Silver and Black. What I saw yesterday was something that I've never seen before in my life as a football fan. It was an epic collapse of epic proportions, and I can't believe that I saw it with my own two eyes. I had a really rough time last night. Uh, the post-game show was the same old type of post-game show after a last, but it had a little bit more of a bite to it. Did my three-hour show nationally. Raider fans called in on that one and woke up today with a pit in my stomach. Um, really honored to have this opportunity. I mean, I, this is not my first rodeo coming off a loss, but that was, without a doubt, the worst loss I've ever seen in Raiders' regular season history. I don't date back to the 60s and 70s. I was shocked to know that this was the biggest point collapse in Raider history. I never would have guessed that. I always assumed that there was a game or two or four where the Raiders might have blown a game. But the 20-point advantage the Raiders squandered was the largest blown lead in franchise history. And they lost a game that they should have won easily. Now, I have no format today. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice, is supposed to join us. Donald Penn, who did the post-game show with me last night, he's on a plane now. He's supposed to join us maybe around 1.30. I leave the phones open on Monday for obvious reasons. You know, on Monday, we got an opportunity to celebrate a great win or talk about a loss, and we didn't expect this type of loss. No one did. Being at the game inside Allegiant Stadium, it was glorious. It was a gorgeous day. One of the coolest flyovers, Carlos Santana, Carlos Santana lit the torch after playing one of the best anthems I've seen, and it was a great day. And I was sitting in that Twitch club lounge with my wife and my son and friends at halftime, up 20 to nothing, clearly expecting this to be a best-case scenario for the Silver and Black. The absolute best-case scenario for the Raiders looked to be an easy, comfortable win that would get them back to 500 and then give it, be a springboard of momentum into the season. So let me repeat that again. In life, sometimes go from a best-case scenario to a worst-case scenario, but that's very rare. They go from a great best-case scenario to something that's awkward, but it rarely in life, rarely in life, do things go from a best-case scenario 
to a worst-case scenario. Think of it. Could happen in the stock market when it crashes. Could happen, obviously, with something in your personal life. But normally, it doesn't happen that way. Normally, it's a descending group of issues that happen from a win to a loss. But a collapse? Even I haven't done many collapses on the Raider flagships over my life. Haven't done many collapses. And there's no way to say this wasn't a collapse. Please, I'm being kind. I'm being very kind saying that this is a collapse. I'm being very kind. This was a collapse. A complete failure of the football team in a big spot. And no one expected it to happen. Because they were playing well. They really were playing well in the first half of that game. And that game, the final should have been like 37-14-28. You know, because Arizona was going to come back, everybody. No surprise, Arizona was going to make adjustments and come back. But the Raiders had such a big lead and such a big lead with over eight minutes in the fourth quarter that Arizona needed two touchdowns and two two-point conversions to even get the game to overtime. And then in overtime, the Raiders got the ball back with an opportunity to win with a field goal and put that game away. In a game that they should have lost. They could have lost, believe me. If you look at it, the Raiders were fortunate to get the ball back in overtime with an opportunity to win. Because it really looked like the Harmon hit was so big that blew up that play uh, that gave the Raiders an opportunity to go win the game. And the Raiders couldn't take advantage of that as Hunter Renthrow fumbled twice Uh, was concussed on the second fumble. We hope he's okay. Uh, There was no uh, answer in the press conference today, so he's being evaluated. And the Raiders have put themselves in a very, very awkward and uncomfortable situation going forward with the rest of the season. I mean, they're 0-2. They've played four quarters this year. Four quarters this year, that's it. One quarter they played really well. The first quarter yesterday... One quarter they played okay as they were coming back against the Chargers in the second half of that game. And two other quarters, they didn't show up. One they didn't show up and another one they collapsed. So that's what we have to look at. Two games, really, when you look at what this team was able to do in two games, and we're talking about the halves, four halves. I'm not breaking it down into quarters. And that's what we have so far to evaluate the team. It's very disappointing because we knew how tough this year would be with a coaching transition. And I think they have the right coach and the right GM. And I know a lot of Raider fan. There's a lot of Raider on Raider, social media, and sports radio violence going on. Not only do I have to deal with fans that hate the Raiders nationally and want to step on the Raider fans' throats and kick them up and down on the curb, I'm dealing with Raider fans who are going after the organization and team after this collapse. And that's where we're at. And we dip the show in reality every day. And for those who think I'm too kind to the coach or the team, I don't care about any of those people. I do my job at a high pace every day. There are good days. There are bad days when it comes to covering the team. This is a dark day, a dark day in Raider history on the radio because this was an epic collapse and a failure, and it never should have happened. Never should have happened. This should have been a comfortable, easy victory that would have spread joy throughout the Raider Nation, throughout the building of the Raiders, and on to Tennessee. Now, I can't even get into Tennessee until the middle of the week because I know what you're bringing to me over the next couple of days. So that's where we're at. Let it fly. Exercise your demons. Sound off like you got a pair, the moniker of my career, and we'll deal with it. There's a lot of football left. Now, let me get some positives in here 
right to start off the show because I think I was pretty obvious with what I just said for the last seven minutes. On the positive side, I think this is a good football team. I really do. I think they're a good football team that could be explosive and win a lot of games if they can get the offense going and get Devontae going and get everybody healthy and get going. I think the defense has got some really good defensive players. We saw some turnovers, the ability to make plays. We know who the good players are on the defense and what they can build on. Yesterday, they were decimated without Denzel Perryman and Trayvon Merrick. The middle of the field was wide open. The middle of the field reminded me of the Pro Bowl. The middle of the field reminded me of the defense at the Pro Bowl. Divine Diablo was in the middle of the field and clearly was in over his head. And we got the same issues with safeties, biting on plays, people getting behind them, whatever's going to happen there. That is standard protocol now for this organization of safeties who just can't cover. And the linebacking core was lost by Perryman, who I think if they have Perryman, and this is the ultimate compliment to that pro bowler, if they have Perryman calling the plays on defense, patrolling the middle of the field, uh, sending his violence towards Kyler Murray and stopping the run, and at least defending or attempting to defend the middle of the field, I think the Raiders win that game. you got to believe that. They're going to get a fourth down stop. They're going to get a two-point conversion stop. All they needed was one stop to win the game, everybody. All they needed to do was on a fourth down when Max Crosby had, and Max is our friend and a really good player, when Max had Kyler Murray dead, dead, and Kyler Murray was basically greased up or something because he had must have had some lubricant or Vaseline on him, and he blew out of that tackle, that sack, that ended the game. Right there, right there at that point, I'm looking going, I don't believe what just happened. Fourth downs, two-point conversions, a quarterback who was able to run for over 20 seconds. Never seen that before with my own two eyes. So everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. That can't happen. That can't happen. That's on the quarterback, the coach, the defense, the Pro Bowls, everybody. So there's equal blame to go around. Equal blame to go around. But I told you, I did my job last week. I told you how great Kyler Murray is. Don't ever call me ever tweet at me and say that Kyler Murray is an elite. Don't ever do that. You look stupid. He is an elite quarterback in this league. You want to grade these quarterbacks and put them into the elite stage, leave him in that elite stage, and don't ever touch him. Period. He was 8-1 and one on the road last year. He's 1-0 and oh on the road this year. And you saw an elite Heisman Trophy quarterback. I had Jim Plunkett on the show this week. He told you how good Kyler Murray was. Kyler Murray... I don't know what's going to happen with him because, you know, I'm not going to say he's a Hall of Famer. But at some point, and he could be a Hall of Famer if he plays at this level for 15 years, what he did in this game in Las Vegas will be on his final video whenever his career ends, the comeback that he led in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Tip of the cap to Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and that team that was literally left for dead in the locker room as Nelly performed at the torch. That game was done. Over. There was no way there was going to be a comeback like that if the Raiders just showed up in the second half of the game and the Raiders in the second half of the game were dead on arrival. And I don't blame that on the coach. This coach has been a hell of a coach in his career as a coordinator, a play caller, and all that. He didn't say, hey, everybody, it's halftime. Pop open some champagne. We won this game. You'll hear the press conference later in the broadcast. The players did not execute 
the basic plays on offense to pick up first downs and win the game. That's it. The defense was gassed. The defense had nothing left in the tank late in that game. How could they? How could they have anything left as Kyler Murray was running around like he was a 15-year-old flag football player playing against 8-year-olds? Like basically pointing at him saying, tag me, tag me, you can't, you can't grab the flag. And there's only so long you can protect. There's only so long you can protect on that play. And the Raiders really looked gassed in the fourth quarter of that game. And overtime, overtime they got off the field. They got off the field and they gave the ball back to Derek Carr. And unfortunately, Hunter Renfro fumbled the ball. He fumbled it twice, which is really rare. Hunter's very likable, very likable, very good player here. And that'll never happen again, what happened there. That'll never happen again. So I don't know where you want to go with this, but it's clearly a collapse of epic proportion. It's a collapse that's going to define this team this year no matter what happens. Again, I believe, like many, they're on the right track. Really believe in Dave Ziegler and what he did signing the great players, trying to get players in there. Uh, they're trying to rebuild the offensive line. That takes time. They, they, they're not going to sign three pro bowlers. They didn't have a draft pick until Dylan Parnum. He seems to be a good player. And they're a year away. They're another year away, as I've told you on this show, from contending for a Super Bowl. But I can't say Super Bowl. I'll get fired. I mean, someone will come down from the Twitter police and fire me if I talk Super Bowl the way this team collapsed yesterday. So the team's got to figure out how to come together, which Derek Carr has been able to do, bring the team together. Remember last year they had to win their final four games to make the playoffs, and they did. So they, they've hit some hard patches along the way with a lot of players in this organization, and they're going to have to do it again after week two. How long have I told you the last thing you want to do? The biggest thing you can't do in the NFL is be 0-2. I love 3-3. Three and three. I love 4-4 four and four for any team. Buffalo, whoever it is, the best team in football. Give me 3-3 three and three every year in a bye week, and I will celebrate like you've never seen before. But 0-2 could lead to 1-3, which could lead to 2-6. I can't control the schedule. It's really tough. Derek Carr, this is from Vic Tafer yesterday. Derek Carr in the first half, 18 of 24, 210 yards, two touchdowns. The second half, 7 of 15, 42 total yards and zero touchdowns. How in God's name did this offense, with Derek Carr at quarterback, have only 42 yards in the second half of a home football game with a tremendous lead with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro healthy? And Matt Collins making plays. I'll never know that. I'll never know that. So with all of that, that uh, again, the, the only thing I have to add for you today is simply this. That went from a best-case scenario to a worst-case scenario in front of all of us at Allegiant Stadium. It's the worst loss in the history of Allegiant Stadium. It's one of the worst losses, arguably, in the history of the Raider organization in the regular season. It's not at the level of the tuck rule. It's not at the level of the immaculate reception. Obviously, postseason, we know that. We're all sharp enough to know that. But you will never in your bleeping life, I can promise you, never again ever see a loss like that. There hasn't been one since 1960, since the organization started. And that's what shocked me. I said, man, there had to be a game with the Raiders in like 1988 or 1997 or 2004. We're up. No, that was it. That, that was the biggest collapse in the regular season. It happened in the home opener where they were up big. Can't happen. You know what? I just said it. So 
whatever you want to do with this. I'm not jumping off. I, I got to do this. This is my job. I got to do this for another, what, 16, 17 weeks. I'm going to Nashville with the team. I thought that the Raiders would be comfortably in Nashville at 1-1. One and one. I never predicted a Charger win. Never predicted an Arizona win. But I thought 1-1 one and one would be fair. And I thought, honestly, the record after five games, best case scenario would have been 3-2. and two. Worst case scenario would be 2-3. and three. Well, we just busted through the worst case scenario. I don't think they're going to win three in a row heading into the bye week, but they got to win a game. And we're going to see Tennessee play tonight on Monday Night Football. And depending on how they look, they should get beat by Buffalo. Buffalo's a juggernaut. And then Tennessee would be 0-2. And they'd be on a short week with the Raiders coming to town, but the Raiders are traveling. Denver looks like a mess. They booed the head coach and the quarterback at mile high. They're a mess. Fortunately, they're coming in as they're playing poorly to play the Raiders in the next home game, and then it's Kansas City on the road. You know, Kansas City on the road, good luck with that one, but I think the Raiders will just go into that embracing the shootout, you know, saying a prayer before the game starts and says, we're going balls out because we got no chance if we try to do anything against these guys other than to go after them, but that's like a month from now. So that's what I got. It's really disappointing. I want to thank Donald Penn who jumped on the post game with me last night, really had a tremendous, memorable day yesterday from the black hole tailgate party to shaking Carlos Santana's hand again to being on the field at the pregame show, uh, after the pregame show. It's just, it's just a really great time to be at the torch on the pregame show and do all of that. But, you know, again, I, I came home. I don't play quarterback. I don't coach the team. You know, I don't move the needle. I just host a fast-paced radio show. And I sat there and I said, you got to be kidding me. I mean, how does that happen? That, that can't happen the way it happened. And we're going to talk about why it happened that way. And I'm sure you all have different opinions, right? You want to blame the quarterback. You want to blame the head coach. You want to blame the fumble on Hunter Renfro. No one's going to tip their cap to Kyler Murray and say he was just the best player on the field, which he easily was the best player on the field. So that's obvious. And it was a great comeback by Arizona. You know, Arizona got humiliated humiliated by Kansas City, right? They got destroyed. Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdown passes against Arizona. Arizona came out, and they came to Las Vegas, and they were down 20 nothing. And I don't know what happened in that locker room, but Cliff Kingsbury should bottle it and sell it. They said something at halftime. They made tighter adjustments on defense, and the Raider offense, because I'm going to be critical of both the offense and the defense clearly here, but the, the Raider offense, which is high-powered and supposed to be very high-powered, couldn't pick up four or five yards of play. Couldn't. With Devontae, who had only two receptions, Waller had a touchdown, Devontae had a touchdown, Hunter fumbled twice, uncharacteristic. They should have been able to run the ball and just win that game. But, you know, Arizona knew they were going to run it in the second half. I mean, everybody in Arizona in that locker room knew that the Raiders were going to come out up 20 nothing, and we're going to run the ball and try to eat some clock. And Arizona tightened up their defense. They were a very soft coverage defense in the first half of the game. In the second half, in the second half, they dialed it up and played, you know, they blitzed more off the corners. They played really good defense in the second half. And the Raiders couldn't do anything against the Arizona defense. Not the Ray Lewis-led Baltimore defense in the Hall of Fame. We're not talking about one of the great defenses of all time here, everybody, the Lawrence Taylor Giants. We're not talking about, you know, the Bears with Mike Singletary and the legendary Chicago Bears team. 
This is a pedestrian defense, and they dominated the Raiders in the second half, and the Raiders couldn't stay on the field? No, no, no. You, you, you can't let that happen. You have Devontae Adams. You, you can't get Devontae open on a three-yard in route where he catches the ball and falls forward for six yards? Couldn't do it. You couldn't get Darren Waller in isolation? Couldn't run those famous Amendola, Wes Welker, little fake slants up the middle to Hunter where he breaks up for eight yards? Couldn't move the chains. Kept giving the ball back to Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, was he must have been sitting on the sideline saying, you're, you're kidding me. Grab your helmet. I'm going back out there again. The game's over. No, Kyler, we got a chance to score two more touchdowns and get two more two-point conversions, which is really hard to do, but we can do it. Let's do it, and they did it. They did it. And then on top of all of that, the Raiders got a gift from God in overtime and got the ball back in a game they should have lost, and they couldn't win there, and they lose on a scoop and score. So that, that's what we saw yesterday. I, I don't think we'll ever see anything like it. I think that the Raiders have to really rally this week and have an unbelievable great week of practice. Uh, we got to hope that there's a victory on the road against Tennessee and a home victory against Denver has to happen. And the Raiders got to play like they're on the verge of elimination. Do we all agree? For those who don't agree with that, maybe I'm being too harsh because there's a lot of football left. And look, I looked at the schedule again today with my son. My son's home from college. He's going back on a flight here in a couple of hours, and we went by the schedule, and we said, man, Indianapolis stinks. They're on the schedule. They stink. you got to think you can beat Jacksonville, even though Jacksonville's improved. And then you got to look at the rest of the schedule and say, where are the wins? Well, there's plenty of teams on that schedule that the Raiders can beat, and no doubt they could beat Pittsburgh. I look at the teams they could beat, but they have to be into the schedule with a manageable record to have the ability to beat those teams and go on and have an outside shot. So... It's really a sense of urgency right now. And I never thought there'd be a sense of urgency after two games. And hopefully the right coach, and I believe this is the right coach, the right GM, the right quarterback, Max Crosby, some of the leaders on this team are just going to walk in there and be so pissed off. That's what Donald Penn thinks. Uh, Donald Penn uh, told me yesterday on the postgame show, he thinks that they are going to come out this week and have a brutal, brutal physical practice on Wednesday. Like, get your ass on the field, you're playing football, and they're going to have to shake it off in practice and just work on all the details that aren't happening now. But the Raiders, who I believe were ready to play, in theory, with their schemes and concepts to start the season, right right quarterback, right superstars on offense, right coach calling the plays, new defensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator to try to make sure there are no collapses, have everything in place, and there are no excuses, none. But some of the excuses that are floating around are the fact that they were injured, and they were injured down the middle of the field, which killed them in this game. Did you notice that? Middle linebacker, free safety, Trayvon Merrick, right down the middle of that seam, Kyler Murray picked it apart. Even when he ran on conversions, you know, usually you can have a safety come up there, make a play, intercept the ball, nothing. And you know, the injuries really hurt this team. The injuries really hurt this team because the guys that were out really cost them on defense. And look, injuries happen. Trey Lance has gone for the year for the Niners, and they're celebrating because Jimmy Garoppolo is playing for him now. So there's a lot happening here. Uh, this is not what I expected. I don't think any Raider fan expected this. And how the Raiders act as a team on the football field, 
We'll see. You know, I think there's a lot of character guys in the organization. I think there's a lot of people that have been there before, been there, done that. And I hope that uh, they stabilize and go out there and win. And it's going to take a lot for them to do that. A lot for them to do that. They now have to go from playing bad football to great football. Okay? That, that's what they have to do. They have to go. They, they played one good half of football out of four. And it was the first half of that last game. And that first half clearly should have been enough to win the game comfortably. That's what pisses me off the most, everybody. That's the only thing. I've seen plenty of Raider losses over the years. The thing that bothers me the most is coming off last season and the four wins and the playoffs with all the adversity that was really out there and real adversity. This is just losing games and a bad loss. But there was a lot more stuff going on last year. Is that this year, I just didn't expect them to have a game that they so easily should have won. And don't tell me I'm wrong on that. Please. That game should have easily been won up 20 nothing. I'm talking game over at the end of the third quarter. Game over. Because the Cardinals are not very good on defense. And there was only going to be so much they could do. And the Raiders went from having a victory that was locked up in the can. The jello was jiggling, as Chick says, to every possible scenario going wrong. So the coach who took the heat today at the podium, I watched that. We'll play some of that. Uh, the quarterback, very good at taking the heat. He's been doing it his entire career. He takes the heat after the game. We played that on the postgame show yesterday. And guys like Max Crosby. Max could have ended the game with what looked to be an easy, easy sack for him. Super athletic play from Max. Max makes a great play. And Kyler Murray, it was incredible. Like he blinked like a genie and he didn't go to the ground. Multiple plays. And if you can't stop a two-point conversion, if you just can't stop it, every team knows you can't stop it and they're going to go for two against you. So that's what I have. I didn't even play any of the sound bites yet. I'll do that. Harry Ruiz, Donald Penn, your phone calls. Um... I'm pissed off, but, I mean, this is so early in the season. I cannot go crazy off the charts. Nuts. I can't. It's week two. There's a lot of football left. I have a lot of confidence in a lot of people there. But I can understand why you're upset, and I really do. And you know that because you see me at the game. You see me at the torch. You listen on the post game. I'm going to Nashville this week all to try to be a part of this great experience of being associated with this team and organization, and there's going to be down days, but this is something that never should have happened. This was very avoidable, and I'm shocked. I'm literally shocked, and I don't get shocked much, and the shock will wear off here in a couple of days. Uh, Derek in Vegas on the flagship here on 920. Start us off for the aftermath on a Monday. Go ahead. Derek, you're on the radio. Start us off. How are you? You mean me? me? Yeah, it said Derek. I apologize, oh, Eric. Go okay. ahead. Oh, grab that. See, we're all hey, Eric. Hey, hey, what's happening? Good to see you and your son yesterday. Thanks for coming on. It's good to see you and meet your son yesterday. That was fantastic. Thank that you. was about the highlight of the day, but I'll tell you. Two times I've had to self-medicate after a Raider game. Yesterday and another bad loss we had at Allegiant. You remember a couple years ago we lost to Miami with the 19 seconds with yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Arden Key and... Matt Collins makes the catch, and we lose that game when we were mathematically still alive for the playoffs. I'll tell you this. You're right. Don't blame anybody. Look at the eliteness of Kyler Murray yesterday and say, you know what? You're looking at a guy that's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame, and look at the crazy wackiness of the NFL yesterday. Do you think the Baltimore fans sat there 
when they're up 35-14 at home, and Tua goes crazy, throws six touchdowns. JT the Brick and Eric Snyder, me, were asked to go to New York and run a 40 to try out for the Jets. Flacco beat us out. He throws four touchdowns. They went at the minute 55. Crazy stuff going on in the NFL. It happens. It's the NFL. I'm not sugarcoating it. I wish I would have heard Chandler Jones' name, JT, a couple of times. I don't know what's going on there. We, can, we have one pick. Again, I talk to you about playmakers all the time. We don't force turnovers when we have to. We lost two games. Khalil Mack, strip sacks, Derek Carr on a fourth and eight when we're driving, could win the game. Then yesterday, Simmons hits Renfro. There goes Murphy down the field. We lose the game. Here's what I suggest we do, and this is the advice I have for all Raider fans. Take this ride with the man you listen to called JT the Brick because he talked about games that he's seen the Raiders lose. And I'll go back. I think JT started in 97 when... 98. Yeah, there you go. So you're there. I'm there when we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And Gerbach hits Andre Risen over McDaniel. They went on a, on a Hail Mary. You've seen it. You've, we've been through this before. All you got to do is trust the process. How much you want to bet they come out against the Tennessee Titans? I'm not saying they're going to win, but it'll be more than a two-quarter effort. That's all I've got. I mean, I've got 42 mm-hmm. years with this team. Yeah. i got to ask you this, JT, and I'll hang up. If you're in that lounge and you're sitting around some of the Raider players, tell the audience here, what's the look on Plunkett's face and the Bruce Davises and the other guys that are in there when they watch us go down, because they're not used to this kind of culture. That's all I got, buddy. Hey, good seeing you. Yeah, you know, look, I was with Fred Bolitnikoff yesterday, Jim Plunkett. We had Richie Incognito there. There are a lot of people around the organization, and they're all in a good spot. They believe in Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels comes in as one of the most accomplished coaches in NFL history as a non-head coach. We know what happened in Denver. That was 12 years ago. He's off to a very rough start here just because he lost a miracle game. That just doesn't happen. And you play that game 100 times from the second half on, you might lose it twice. And look, you're going to either – I said this earlier yesterday on the post-game show. Here's what's going to happen. Whenever you have an epic collapse, there's really just a few people that you can blame, right? You can blame the head coach. You can blame the quarterback. You normally blame the kicker, right? The kicker misses the kick. How often have we seen that? So it's the head coach. It's the quarterback. It's the kicker, or it's someone who does something so stupid and dramatically bad on the defensive side. That's it. You're not blaming the offensive line. You're not blaming a running back. It's just those people. And those people are built to take criticism. A head coach in the NFL is a really tough guy who's gone through wars, and Josh McDaniel's been on the winning side far more than the losing side. That's how he got this job. Mark Davis believes in his overall concept and vision with Dave Ziegler on how to get a really good team winning often. And it hasn't started just yet. And a lot of people believe it will. But it's just tough on a Monday after a loss like that. So we'll see. You know, Raider fans have the right to be critical. We know that. But we'll see how many Raider fans want to stick around for the ride. And if you don't, Come back when you want. we got a long calendar in front of us with radio shows during the day, at night, on the road, at home. And we're going to talk about it here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Pointing, still holding the ball like it's street ball in the backyard. He's still got it. Runs right to the 10. Cuts left to the 5, and he's going to score. Oh, my goodness. Kyler Murray on a play that took about a minute. 
Yeah, that was that play that went over 20 seconds, which was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was incredible. The Raiders didn't have a pass rush. Basically, you know, just rushing two and or three, I forget. It, it looked like two to me. And you can only cover it for so long. And Kyler throws bullets. It reminded me of the Justin Herbert game, even though Herbert lost in the comeback game against the Raiders when he was throwing darts into the end zone on fourth down. Uh, the, if I'm coaching against the Raiders, I go for it on fourth down all the time. You just treat third down and you just go, go I got two plays. If it's third and eight, I'm going to take two plays to go eight yards because the Raiders have got to get the pass rush better. The pass rush has to be more ferocious. Hey, quick reminder, tonight I'm at Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World to kick off my Monday night football party. I'm there once a month, but that's our official home for Monday night football. It's a great location. Free parking at Resorts World Doghouse. They have this, they have the sports book right on premise at inside where we're going to be watching the game. We're giving away cool prizes. Uh, Resorts World stays at the resort, jerseys, drink specials, and all that. So if you're looking for a new place for Monday night football, if you're there with me last year, come on out to the top property. The elite property in all of Las Vegas, Resorts World. I'll be there today from about 3.30 up until my show till 6 o'clock tonight. Passionate Raider, we were expecting you. Come on in. This is the flagship. Go ahead. You know what's up, JT, man. You know, like you said, man, I'm still pissed off today, man. But, man, I, I mean, I mean, JT, I mean, what do, you, what, what do we expect? I told you last week that this was a must-win game, and everybody shut me down and thought I was just talking and blah, blah, blah to talk, JT. I mean, I know what I know when I feel with the Raiders, man, and I just feel that there's an issue. There's an issue with, with a player. Something's not clicking because we've seen, it, we've seen backups come out in preseason, JT, and play like professionals. They played. They did their job. They did what they're supposed to. Stuff that's going on right now, I see a defense that was doing their job. I don't understand why a pass rush isn't getting there like it should be, why Max is so close and he misses. I, I, I don't understand that either. But it all boils back down, and I'm going to keep saying it, JT, until we, we don't understand why when Derek Carr is doing something that works, it just, it just stops. I know you can't keep running the same play over and over, but you've got to run the ball to set that play action. And when he had Waller on that play action, beautifully down the middle. All right, passionate. Your phone's breaking up, man. We'll get a call later on in the week from you. Look, they try to run the ball. They try to run the ball. If they're getting away with the run, you act like they're getting away from the run. They have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Okay, they should easily, easily, with this offensive line, be able to run quick offensive plays to those guys and move the chains. That's probably the thing I'm most pissed off about is that the basics of Derek in the shotgun with a big, comfortable lead. The only way that Arizona was going to come back is if the Raiders couldn't convert on third down and they were going to try to run the ball. You're not going to run it for 10 yards on every play. They're going to stop you. And then you have to be able to pass on second or third down, and the Cardinals were able to do that. And the Cardinals aren't a great defense. That's what's troublesome. We're not asking Derek to pick up first downs by throwing it 60 yards. Josh McDaniels, and you'll hear it a little bit later in his press conference, said, what was there, first and 15, first and 12? They got behind. They got behind the markers, and they became very pass predictable when they could. And I just thought Arizona's defense, they game-planned the Raiders great. They seemed to know where Derek was going with the ball. And as we talked about again all last week, and it was seen because of Kyler Murray, you'll never see an example 
in your life other than Mahomes. So follow me here. Mahomes and Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Those are the three who run at such an extremely great level and the Raiders quarterback doesn't run the majority of the time. He doesn't run. He's not going to learn new tricks. He's only going to run under complete duress. If the pocket breaks down, he's actually able to find the hole coming out of the pocket as a runner, and he has green grass in front of him. He's not going to run. And there are quarterbacks now, and we saw Aaron Rodgers last night on Sunday Night Football. And I know it's the Bears, but I was doing my show last night and watching that game in the fourth quarter. It was never in doubt. And there was a third down where Aaron Rodgers ran a bootleg. Just ran a bootleg and slid for a first down. The game was over. All, all Derek had to do was do that once in the fourth quarter. The game's over. Think about that. Third down, no one expects him to run. Everybody's spread out because we have the best wide receivers and slot receivers in the game. You run a bootleg. For six yards, you slide down inbounds. The game's over. Kyler Murray, that's, he just doesn't have time to win the game. He doesn't. He, he's got to score two touchdowns and complete two two-point conversions. All you need is a first down or two, and the game is over because they get a new fresh set of downs. They're going to run it two of those downs. They're going to take more time off the clock, and they couldn't get the first downs. So give Phoenix, Arizona, the Cardinals credit for getting Derek Carr off the field. I mean, it, it, there's chaos around the league. Uh, David Lombardi covers the Niners, says Trey Lance's exact injuries, a fibula fracture, and ligament disruption. The 49ers say that they're confident he will recover fully in time for the 2023 season after today's successful surgery at Stanford. So very unfortunate for him. They were smart to have Jimmy Garoppolo. They were lucky that they didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Imagine what the Niners would be like today, one and one, losing their starting quarterback who they gave up three first-round picks for and no backup quarterback. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is 0-2 went to the Super Bowl, and the Browns had one of the greatest collapses they've ever had against the Jets in regards to the lead they had. It was right up there with the Raiders. But I think the Raiders' collapse was the biggest of them all because the Raiders are a good team. If this was a bad team, look, we know the difference between a bad team and a good team. Raiders are a good team. They got good players, and they, they should be able to win more games than they lose. They should. But they lost a game that they had that they clearly should have had circled for a victory this year if you expected them to win nine or ten games. That is one victory ripped out of the victory box, put on the loss side. Now we're going to have to see how they react to it. And they they could react really well and lose again. They could play a really good game and lose to Derrick Henry on a two-yard rush with eight seconds to go. We hope that doesn't happen. We hope this is the moment where the Raiders really have hit a rock bottom early in the season because of the way they lost, and they come out and play better. We will see. Nick in Long Island. Nick, thanks for waiting on the Raider flagship. What do you got, Nick? All right, JT. Uh, it was just a terrible loss yesterday, and unfortunately I'm not surprised. I mean, it's the largest, I, I, like you said, I can't believe that's the largest lead they've ever blown and lost in the team's history. But if anyone's been paying attention for the last three, four seasons, this is what happened. We all remember the win. You know, the Henry Ruggs walk-off. Nobody talks about they blew a 12-point lead against the Jets in that game in the fourth quarter. We all remember the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, another blown double-digit lead. Everyone remembers the classic game against the Chargers in 2020 where um, Isaiah Johnson, the ball was incomplete on the last play of the game. The Raiders also blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, as the caller, two calls before, brought up the Miami game with Damon Arnett, 
against the Dolphins on that Saturday night game. Um, the Jacksonville game, the last game in the history of Oakland, another blown double-digit lead. But the difference is last year, the Cowboy game, the Charger game, was another 15-point lead where they needed a fourth and fifteen from a fourth and goal from the 15-yard line. The Chargers converted it. They didn't get the two-point conversion, force overtime. The Miami game, Jacoby Brissett converts a fourth and 15 in overtime. The difference was the Raiders won all those games, except for the Jaguar game three years ago. They were about to win again yesterday. Renfro fumbled. Finally, it caught up with them. And Josh McDaniel said it today. The team needs to learn how to play with a lead. They cannot play with a lead. You knew it right away. They went three and out yesterday. They had the ball up 20 to nothing. They went three and out. They burnt literally three seconds off the clock. And I said, here we go. This game is going to overtime. You knew the Cardinals were going to score 16. They were going to get the two two-point conversions. With, of course, help from the refs because that wasn't a holding penalty. But what would a game like that be without some horrible call, even though we put ourselves in these situations every time? And the Cardinals actually failed on a fourth down the, the drive before and turned the ball over on down, and we still couldn't get anything. The Cardinals went down there three times. They only had to do it twice. This has been going on for three to four years now with this team. This is nothing new. It finally caught up with them yesterday when they fumbled it in overtime. There's been countless games of these double-digit leads that they blow they go to overtime. They wind up winning all these games in overtime usually. Yesterday wasn't the case. Hopefully this is a wake-up call. When the season started, when you looked at the schedule, you said to yourself, okay, two and three. They need to be two and three. I mean, yesterday, that's a gut punch. That You cannot lose that game. But still, if they're at two and three and you look at that schedule, we're, we're in a good spot at two and three. You got to get to two and three, which means you got to win the next two games because I, I, I don't – See them going into Arrowhead and winning on Monday night, but you know weird things happen when the division mm-hmm. is on the line. But yeah, this is this. I saw this coming a mile away yesterday, JT. Yeah, I didn't because I expected them to win. Appreciate the call. I expected them to win the game at halftime. I expected them to win the game easy. It was a blowout. It was a blowout at halftime, and they looked good. And that's the thing about this. What happened was Derek had a really good first half. They had some high production numbers. The only thing that got on my radar early in the game was that opening drive, which was, what, eight or nine minutes, and they went the length, and they, and they threw the touchdown to Devontae. And I said to myself, man, Devontae's not getting any looks. Devontae's the best player on the field. So Devontae scores on that little two-yard touchdown pass. Brilliant design play. I mean, Derek basically is shuttling the football over the line of scrimmage. As quick as the ball got in his hands, Derek turned the ball and threw it to Devontae. He caught it at the one-yard line and just cruised in. I said, well, and I said, man, this guy, they didn't go to him at all, but he's already got a touchdown. So I figured they'd wake up Devontae, and Devontae had one more reception. No one could explain to me. I could bring in a Ph.D. in football, and no one can explain to me. How does Devontae score on the first touchdown of the game and have one reception, one the rest of the game, including overtime. I don't get that. Derek missed him a few times. You got to force the ball to Devontae. You got to give Devontae an opportunity to be the superstar, and he didn't have that. So it was a tough loss yesterday. A lot had to go wrong for them to lose. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for success. I love our team. I mean, I, I have a lot of confidence in them. Um, I love their spirit, the way they work, how competitive they are, the way they practice. 
Um, I have no doubts about the way our team will respond to this. Um, you know, they had a great week of practice and preparation. So um, this is, you know, like I said, starts with me. I got to do a better job of, of helping us to, to finish these kind of things out if you get ahead. Um, and, and that's what we're going to work hard to do as we go forward. You know, a lot of people are hard on Josh McDaniels here. You can do it. It's your life. You can do whatever you want. I think he's a really good football coach with a lot of good experience, and he'll have the ability to put this team in the right position to win. They got to execute. They got to execute the plays. Uh, Josh McDaniels is not divine Diablo. Okay, if he doesn't have Perriman playing, you know, Josh McDaniels is there with a 20-point lead in the first half calling plays right, and Kyler Murray comes out and is just picking apart the Raider defense. You, know, you could talk about Patrick Graham's scheme and should he have rushed more? Could he took out safeties and put in corners? That's all fair. Where's the pass rush? And more people are asking me, where's Chandler Jones? Where is Chandler Jones? And Chandler Jones is going to have to play better quickly. Remember, he had that five-sack game against Tennessee. Five. Well, how about two against Tennessee? I'll take that all day long. Uh, Robert in Portland, thanks for waiting. You're up next. Go ahead. Yeah, JT, great job last night. I, I just can't believe how much you put in yesterday. Uh, incredible under the circumstances. I, I think two things. I think uh, the Raider offense became less aggressive. They didn't do mm. any play action with Carr, obviously. That's why they were in third and long positions. Secondly, I think that the, the defense, and you're right about Perryman, uh, they lacked a lot of uh, aggressiveness. Not the fact that they were on the field 51 plays in the second half versus 18 offensive plays. That will catch up with you. But early in the third quarter, you could just tell that Murray was going to go four downs. Mm -hmm. That The coach was going to just say, hey, we got nothing to lose anyway. We're down 20. And the Raiders became less aggressive. I don't know if it was Carr and the fact that he's learning a whole new system. I don't know. I mean, none of us know. Derek is one of those guys that's going to have to do one thing. He, the, the last two times he started with two wins, uh, with two losses to a season, was in 14 in his rookie year. We know how that ended. Mm -hmm. You do too. And in 18, when Gruden started his second regime, they lost first three. They didn't recover. I think this is going to be Carr's testament. Either he's going to be around longer in Vegas or he's not. If he doesn't, if he goes into another year, Losing, let's say, the first three games. With the schedule they have, they could come back. And that'll be a big thing for Derek, in, you know, mentally. But he's going to have to literally become more aggressive, and he's going to have to go to McDaniels mm -hmm. and say, hey, look, it, I'm having a little bit of trouble. I want to have a little more freedom. I, I did it in big games last year. We pulled him out, and I need to do that again. I'm, I'm being restricted by you. I don't know what it's going to take. JT, but if they do this again against Tennessee late, I think they'll lose the club. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose the club. Appreciate the call. I don't. I really don't do that. I'm in the building. I see what's happening there. I don't think they're going to. This is just the very beginning of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels putting their plan into place on roster restructuring, not rebuilding, restructuring, and trying to get their guys in the building. And I think they got snake bit. They lost a game that they should have never lost. We're not having this conversation if they don't collapse. They're one and one. It's a completely different show today. Everybody's happy. They go into Tennessee. Tennessee's playing tonight on a short week. They could be two and one. And now they're staring 0 and 3 in the face if they don't play well. They got to play well. And in regards to Derek, you know, Derek's been down this road before. Say anything you want about Derek. Derek has been on teams that have unraveled and he's tried to lead the team through the unraveling and trying to get him back again. But it's another test again. 
Look, I'm the first guy on this channel that's saying this, and I don't care if it gets pinned on me. I don't care. He's got to run. That's it. He's got to run the football, the quarterback. Not every play, not all the time. He's got to run to keep the defense honest. You don't have to put a spy on Derek Carr. You have to on Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. A lot of good quarterbacks have to have a spy on them. You don't have to do that on Derek. Derek Carr has to run the football two or three times a game for first downs. I said that last week. It's imperative that he does it or defense are going to sit back and take their shots at the Raiders.